I want to be clear, I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure whether it's a medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. I propose, and I'm going to digress slightly. I, here we, we're in a situation. I, the president asked me to head up a cancer moonshot. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. But if Donald Trump, if Donald Trump is reelected, I, 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 I got something to do. I got to go do boom, boom, boom. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter number three, and I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. Maybe one of the most terrifying questions we can ask and answer is not about the UFOs, or about the bumps in the night, or those red eyes that stare at us through the panes in our windows, but who is actually in charge of our country? Who, ladies and gentlemen, is running the show. It's one thing to disagree with Trump or to revile Clinton or despise the skull and bones duo of Bush, but what is frightening is the concept, the idea that the ever-growing reality, Biden is not in charge. I mean, not even sentient. True international under pressure. Not even aware of where he is or what he is doing. And if that is the case, who is it that sits at the control. There is an article that states Biden's mental decline peaks after speech goes awry. It's about time, the article states, Republicans get serious about the mental state of Joe Biden, the man who purports to be the leader of the free world. The utter decline in Biden's mental cognition is no longer cute, funny, or endearing as it's become abundantly clear that his ability to make decisions has become impaired. We need to work again with Canada and Mexico as neighbors, not as adversaries, as adversaries. Saks or Benetton's or Nike or whatever in the, in the market, in, the, in, the, in their uh, um, places where they, in the malls. Donald Trump does pose an excellent strength to this. It's not hypothetical. We can put every one of them in school, cutting in cost, the ha- cutting in half the cost of a four-year education. Be so, uh, why, why they do that? I ran the, the what they call the moonshot de- dealing with cancer and something after that set up the Biden cancer initiative. And the in- here's the point. The conservative economist, or excuse me, the columnist. And they said, you know, take my shotgun. I said, I have three. I now have five because my son died and I have three of his. I have five shotguns. On Tuesday, Joe Biden addressed the nation to discuss the staggering gas prices and what his administration plans to do to combat them. Resembling fictional news anchor Ron Burgundy, Biden recited, quote, end of quote, off his teleprompter. You may have heard the CEO of Walmart yesterday on the steps we've taken. He said, and I quote, the combination of private enterprise and government working together has been really successful. He went on to say, 
All the way through the supply chain, there's a lot of innovation. Because of the actions we've taken, things have begun to change. End of quote. In the, because of the actions we've taken, things have begun to change. End of quote. In the, a nonverbal line meant to indicate the finality of a specific quote. This isn't the first time Biden has been seen struggling with the teleprompter. According to former White House physician Ronnie Jackson, the Biden administration is covering up for what is, quote, obvious cognitive decline. Why didn't Biden have a cognitive exam? His health summary was six pages of nothing. Biden's lost. He's confused, the man states. And this White House is doing everything they can to hide his obvious cognitive decline. They can't keep hiding it forever, however. The American people aren't buying it. Appearing on Newsmax, Jackson described Biden's latest health report as six pages of superficial fluff. Honestly, there were six pages of stuff that most people just don't care about, Jackson said. Adding, I mean, you know Dr. O'Connor spent six pages addressing occasional cough and some stiffness and things like that when the elephant in the room was the president's cognitive disability. Jackson continued, quote, over 50% of this country does not believe he's cognitively fit to be our commander in chief and our head of state, yet that was not addressed anywhere in there. We set the precedent when we did President Trump's physical. I did, Jackson explained, further noting, the far left and the mainstream media were relentless in the pursuit of me to do something to address not only his physical capabilities, but his mental capabilities, which we did. We did a cognitive test. As far as I'm concerned, we set the precedent, and he should have one done as well. Jackson added that, quote, if anyone needs a cognitive test, it's this president that we have right now. And I was really surprised, Jackson stated, to see there wasn't any mention of anything like that in there. The Texas congressman emphasized that Biden's team, quote, know that if they gave him a cognitive test, that he would have failed miserably. And then they would have had to explain that away somehow. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. Back in July, Jackson predicted that Biden will be removed from office. Tucker Carlson, in a very shocking podcast, stated the following, I know that I've known Joe Biden for 30 years. I've always liked Joe Biden for whatever it's worth. A very warm person, never agreed with him, Tucker stated, but I never hated him at all. I always liked Joe Biden. I know a bunch of members of his family and some, a couple of them very well. And I knew for a fact that certain members of the family were very concerned about his cognitive ability. They didn't expect him to get the nomination. Nobody did. And he got it, and they were freaked out about it. That's, I'm not speculating, Tucker stated. I know that for a fact. So I knew that the family believed he was in cognitive decline. So there's that, and that's news. That's news, Tucker stated. On the other hand, I'm a human being. I'm 52. Like, I hope I make it to 78, he stated. I think there's nothing sadder than someone losing his mind. Some people believe that Biden will struggle to serve out his term since he's in, quote, serious mental decline. Sky News host Andrew Bolt says he believes the U.S. President Joe Biden will struggle to serve out the rest of his term since he is, quote, in serious mental decline. But what makes this leadership crisis in the U.S. worse is that the vice president, Kamala Harris, is not just desperately inexperienced, but she's unfit 
to ever replace Biden as a president. (laughs) (laughs) You're considered the most liberal United States senator. I, I somebody said that, and it actually was Mike Pence on the debate stage. But <laughs> yeah, well, actually, the nonpartisan GovTrack has rated you as the most liberal senator. You landed haymakers on Joe Biden. How do you go from being such a passionate opponent? It was a debate. <laughs> Mr. Bolt pointed out that while Miss Harris had been tasked with stopping the influx of illegal immigrants at the Mexican border. She has only met with the Mexican president once to discuss the issue and visited the border on one occasion. The real terror, the real question this poses is who is actually running the country? Here's the question. Is it possible, given the mental decline of Joe Biden, the insipid lack of intelligence and acumen to lead in Kamala Harris. The question is, is it possible that there has already been a leader installed? That there already has been a soft coup? Is it possible that January 6th, while we watched some whacked out Trump supporters and some obvious agent provocateurs rush the Capitol, And mind you, they were allowed to do that, compelled to do that. The gates were thrown wide open. The whole thing was staged. Was it possible that while that was going on, the real power was assuming power? The industrial military complex. A vital element in keeping the peace is our military establishment. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action so that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime, or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could with time, and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net income of all United States corporations. Now, this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development. Yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. 
we must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. Could that be? If Harris is not running the country and Pelosi is not, and Biden is merely stumbling around filling diapers and signing whatever papers they place in front of him, who is in charge? I think it is reasonable to believe that there is a real and more than ever military presence in the halls of executive power. In an article by the BBC, there seems to be a shadow of this hid within an enigma, no doubt about it, but yet some smoke, which may tell us that there is fire. The article states that U.S. General defends, quote, secret phone call with China, published September 16, 2021. General Mark Milley said the calls were made as part of his duty as Joint Chief of Staff. Top U.S. General Mark Milley has defended himself after a book reported he had a, quote, secret phone call with China amid concerns about then-President Donald Trump. Now, we, ladies and gentlemen, call that an absolute traitor. The calls last October and January were to reassure the Chinese military, General Milley said on Wednesday, because we definitely don't want any Chinese generals feeling uncomfortable. Mr. Trump said the claims were fabricated and Republicans have called for the general to be fired. President Joe Biden said he has, quote, great confidence in General Milley. Milley's spokesman said that the calls were in keeping with his, quote, duties and responsibilities, conveying reassurance in order to maintain strategic stability. That's a lie. Milley was answerable to Trump until the day he was out of power. Regardless, he does not have the constitutional authority to make those calls apart from his commander-in-chief. He is a coward, he is traitorous, and he should be stripped of his title as a general. The phone calls to Chinese General Li Shuzhang were revealed on Tuesday in extracts from a new book by Washington Post investigative reporters. They were made just after the presidential election and after Mr. Trump refused to accept his defeat. Now, let me just say that the biggest conspiracy in recent history has been, without a doubt, the fraudulent election of Joe Biden. And I want to say something right here. I think all of the hopes and all of the the desires that we're pinning on the 2022 election, on what's coming up next, they're all predicated on the one fact that this previous election was real and legitimate. It was not real. It was not legitimate. It was a coup d'etat. And whoever is in power is in power today because of falsified election results. While claiming that Joe Biden has received over 80 million votes, we are told that this incompetent hair smeller who faced down corn pop was duly elected and no one is allowed to question the outcome. Fox News, Republicans, no one is allowed to say what is clear. Biden was installed, not voted in. The question is, who installed him and for what purpose? The book, Peril, said that after the January 6th riots, General Milley, chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, was certain that Trump had gone into a serious mental decline in the aftermath of the election. 
I find that so laughable. I find that so amazingly laughable that that tard of a general would be concerned about Donald Trump's mental health, but he's not concerned about President Corn Pop. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. His mental health is fine. Only Trump's is in question. Does that not seem odd to you? Does that not seem absolutely unfathomable that a rational human being could say, I'm concerned about Donald Trump, but I'm not concerned about Joe Biden, who can't even find his way off the stage, can't even read a teleprompter, doesn't even know where he is unless Jill tells him what to do, doesn't even know not to agree with let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon, I agree. He agrees with that because he's so... Swiss cheesed in his mind. The truth of the matter is, Millie is a part of the military industrial complex. They, indeed, may be the face of who's ruling our country. They were afraid, the book states, that Trump was going to go rogue. Millie allegedly told the Chinese general that the American government is stable and reassured General Lee that the U.S. would not attack. How can he give that reassurance? If they did so, the Chinese would be warned first. Excuse me? The extract quotes him as saying these things. Stunning. The book also said that General Milley had told his staff that if Mr. Trump ordered a nuclear strike, then he would have to confirm it before it was carried out. Mr. Trump accused General Milley of treason, which I would agree with, and described the claims as fake news in a statement. Senior Republican Senator Mark Rubio has also called for Mr. Biden to fire the general. On Wednesday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the president has complete confidence in his leadership, his patriotism, and his fidelity to our Constitution. After saying that, he was returned back to his room for milk and cookies and knitting hour. Chocolate, chocolate chip. She added that Mr. Biden has complete confidence in General Milley continuing to serve in his role. Well, of course, Biden has confidence in him, the same way a toddler has confidence in his binky or in sucking his thumb. What should be said is that Milley has confidence in Biden's non-ability so that the military-industrial complex can run the show. Remember, at some point, ladies and gentlemen, in the Roman Empire's history, it was the Praetorian Guard that became the de facto rulers of the Roman Empire. And that is what we are seeing now. So the next time you see Biden up there drooling and smelling hair or Kamala Harris cackling away, just remember, God always gives a country the rulers they deserve. And declining Biden is the exact president that a declining nation deserves. True and international suffered to pressure. True and international suffered to pressure. True and international suffered to pressure. Do you got boo boo? Sing a little bit like a little bit of 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 a little b